Hour Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Now, if you've watched any paranormal television shows, you've probably heard of electronic voice phenomena, EVPs. Short, random, sometimes maybe faint or confusing audios are claimed to be the ghosts at the investigation location. Well, my guest today is paranormal researcher and investigator Cindy Heinen. She's been able to capture much more than those usual impersonal responses. And on today's show, you will be hearing an exploration of EVPs in a way that you haven't heard them before. Are you ready to meet Cindy? Cindy Heinen has spent more than 18 years researching the intriguing world of electronic voice phenomena. She's been a co-author on several research papers on different aspects of EVPs, managed research projects, and authored the EVP chapter in the book, Investigating the Haunted, Ghost Hunting Taken to the Next Level. Cindy is co-director of the paranormal investigator group, the Society for Anomalous Studies. Professionally, Cindy's a massage therapist and body worker who works with hospice patients. You can find out more about Cindy and her work at sasghostresearch.com. Cindy, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you very much. So what got you started with this work? I don't remember this from career day in middle school. What <laughs> what got you started? Um, I've had, like most people, you know, you have a casual interest in something like this. And um, I like to read books occasionally on topics from Bigfoot to UFOs to the paranormal in any way, shape, or form. And I was reading a book called uh, True Haunting Spirits with a Purpose. And it was by a PhD, Hazel Dennings. And she basically went into houses and did almost like psychoanalysis of of the locations and stuff. But it was actually in her introduction of the book, she talked about Constantine Raudovay, who was an early EVP researcher. And it simply says, recorded spirits of ghosts with audio recorders. You know, it was basically real to real for him. And it just is fascinating to me that, got me because I have a background in music and I have so many tape recorders and I've done recordings and I just love that, the technical part of that. And that started it all. What, what are EVPs? What are they really? Well, uh, an EVP would be, um, we believe it's the recording to voices often thought to be from the deceased. Um, And you only hear them upon a playback of the audio recorder. There's other forms of that, um, but in EVP, you don't hear it until later on. So what we, What makes that impression, though, on the... How can we not hear it, but then hear it back later? Um, there's a lot of um, hypothesis about that, about what, why this can happen and stuff. Some people feel um, it's a PK sort of thing or a psi sort of thing that's happening. Um, some people believe it's a, um, the spirit is manipulating, uh, sound, um, in like a stochastic resonance sort of way where I mean, they're making a, a frequency, using a wave frequency that can amplify their, 
not their own voice, but can amplify to make a voice using actually sounds in the environment. You've heard of the sound, the word white noise before. Well, that white noise or that um, environmental sound can, is used, the frequencies are used, we think, by spirit to make these voices on the recorders. And how are these, you said that it was real to real with um, the uh investigators when you were back when you were reading that book. How are EVPs captured today? Well, um, people still sometimes use analog devices. Um, some people, most people, um, ghost uh, hunters and paranormal researchers generally use um, digital recorders nowadays. Um, it's not the recorder so much itself as it's the internal workings and the noises within the recorder or around the recorder. You can pretty much, I've heard um, EVPs from anything from a cell phone to um, reels-to-reels to pretty much anything that can roar, record. I actually have GoPro cameras, if you've ever seen those on the ghost hunting shows. They have a really lousy recorder, but it's noisy, and the spirits seem to be able to manipulate that noisiness in the internal circuits of the, record, of the recorder of that camera to actually produce a voice. So this might be is a good, because Cindy brought samples. We have EVPs. And so um, this might be a good place maybe to listen to that first one. This is number one on the list. And my producer, Nate, is here with all the, he's got everything all in front of him here. Let's listen to that first EVP. And after we hear it, let's just listen to it cold. And then maybe, Cindy, you can talk to us about what was captured here. Sure. And so that sample was, you heard three times. So you heard it first time and then repeated twice after that. Tell us about what that is. Okay. Well, probably a lot of people, because we didn't tell them what it was going to see, they're just hearing this raspy voice. Um, I was actually um, in Gettysburg. Um, before I started actually doing EVPs, I kind of studied it for a year. That's the way I sort of approached things. And this was a conference that was being held in Gettysburg. Um, to study EVP. And so I was out on the field at uh, Devil's Den and um, actually in the parking lot. And it was at night. Um, back then, we seemed to be able to get into places at night. I don't think you could do that now. But um, I just had this little recorder, and it was a little mono um, Radio Shack recorder. And I was by some water. And if you hear the, record, the recording, sometimes you can hear what sounds like a pebble dropping into the water, and then a, to me it's the raspy sound of a man saying, where's Jim? So um, Devil's Den, if people know their Gettysburg history, was actually a place where uh, massacres of, of men happened. And so there probably, we could think that there probably are spirits wandering around there. And so can we listen to that one again, and let's see if we can catch the where's Jim. And this to me feels like that kind of classic EVP when you're in a place that is thought to be or has a reputation of being haunted and then the investigator or the researcher captures something that it might be the spirit of a soldier who's there. Is that Correct. kind of the classic EVP? That's what this would be. Yes, exactly. And you're here because there's more going on with EVP than just the classic 
Where's Jim? Is that right? Yes. There's much more than what you see on television or um, that we see generally at presentations and things like that. There's this whole school of thought and organizations that actually work with um, instrumental transcommunication, which is beyond recording, but also getting into the video photography and other avenues of um, spirit communication. But it's also people within those communities reaching out and working with people who have lost loved ones or um, in the situation I work with a lot of historical societies, actually having connected conversations with spirits that tell us about these locations that we're in. So it's really fascinating, and this has kind of evolved in the last couple of years for me personally. And so when you talk about ITC communication and ITC mm-hmm. communicators, will you say that again, instrumental it's instrumental transcommunication. So it means that the messages coming from the beyond uh, would be received and stored via mechanical or digital devices, electronic devices. So that could be anything from you know, the audio recorders to people getting things on televisions, computers, camcorders, um, pretty much any device that you can get data on. Okay. So- and- And a good example of this might be um, what we have now. We've got two samples. In in the first sample here, this is 2A and 2B. In in the first sample, this we're going to hear it forward. And in the second sample, I'm going to let you guess how we're hearing it. So let's hear 2A, and then let's roll right into 2B. So we heard two different communications. Cindy, what can you tell us about those? Well, these were done before I really got involved with um, paranormal-type ghost groups. This was Sometimes people would, knew I did these recordings and would ask me to reach out for somebody that was loved to them that they wanted to maybe reach in spirit. Um, and so this was for an individual who had lost his wife. Um, I think it was about a year before, and you never know what you're going to get. It, it's, it's like fishing. You just don't know what you're going to catch. And so I was running this little recorder, and we got this sound. Again, it's that raspy, quiety, whispery sound, but to me it says, do you want your person? It's kind of clipped at the end, but that's what it sounds like to me. There's a school of thought that audio can be reversed, to also show messages on the other side. Um, and people don't do it so much now, but when I was involved um, in the early years, um, a lot of people did do these reverse recordings. And so when you reverse this recording of, do you want your person? To me, it sounds like they say, I'll raise them. Um, and during this session, after we got this little clip here, um, you hear, um, what the gentleman believed to be his wife and also um, one of his son-in-laws and somebody else. We don't quite know who that is, but um, so we did get people coming forward after whoever this person was 
um, team to come forward to assist us. Okay, wow. So let's, could we hear 2A and 2B again? So um, 2A is, do you want your person? And 2B is the reverse of that, saying, I'll raise them. You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager. My guest is Cindy Heinen, and you can find out more about Cindy and her work and her work as a paranormal researcher and investigator at sasghostresearch.com. So, Cindy, how much of this is left to the interpretation? I can see how if I had lost my wife and I was grieving, I can see how a voice that came through, any voice that came through, I might interpret as being... My wife. So how much does interpretation play into this? Um, I have actually been at um, where we are kind of going over something to hear. Everybody gives their interpretations of what this is saying. Basically, it's a listening panel. And it almost seems to come to fisticuffs at sometimes because <laughs> we have to admit that these are vague-sounding things. They're whispery. There's... Um, in more advanced development of communication with some people that are much more skilled at this than I am, they have gotten communications back saying that it's hard for them on that side also to communicate with us. So it's, they're having trouble communicating with us. We're having trouble communicating with them. So it is a difficult and fuzzy thing at this point in time. So, yes, interpretation does have something to pull into it. But in that situation that I was in, that seemed appropriate, especially with what um, happened afterwards. Um, and I can't remember the name for this, but there's that phenomenon that when we hear um, pattern, we try to make patterns in whatever it is that we hear or that we see, which is probably why the researchers come to fisticuffs based on 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 the interpretation. Why do you? Why is it? Do you feel so difficult? for spirit to make themselves heard? I, I can only tell you what other researchers have said, and it's basically that I think dancing down to talk to us um, through these devices is just as hard as it is for us to elevate ourselves to kind of meet at that middle road. Much of the much of what happens with, I think, mediums, with mediums trying to make that consistent connection probably holds true also for people that do the electronic, I'll put it in quotes, mediumship, but it is, it's still the person to spirit or spirit person interaction that's going on, and it's not a clear channel necessarily. It can be clearer with some people, uh, clearer on some days, and... um that's what we're working with right now. Well, and it's interesting with the samples that we just heard, it's not, this you said I think was recorded at your home. It's not the place where the gentleman's wife passed away. It's not a place. And so it, do you feel that it was your intention that brought the focus and brought the spirit through? Um, it could have been. This is something that he really wanted. Um, it was very important for him. Um, and so I think that intention is important, and I have to 
tell you uh, personally, intention in every recording I ever do, whether I'm at a ghost hunt or um, doing a recording session in my office, um, my intention um, plays has everything to do with it. And actually, the group of people I have around me has a lot to do with what we will get and how clear it will be and what the message will be. I want to move on to the fourth um, sample. So sample number four. And before we play this, can you set this up for it for us? This is an interesting one. Um, During um, the early 2000s, um, this is number four, correct? Four. Mm -hmm. You're talking four. Okay, good. I was working with another um, EPP researcher and, um, he used what you called, um, well, we always use in those days background noise sources of some type that gives that material so spirit who does not have a voice box, but some frequencies that they can manipulate. And so he used um, Polish language books on tape. Um, certainly, I didn't know the language. And he was German, but he said Polish was a good language to do this, so I just took him at his word. And... Um, so we would do these recordings together, and then so you hear the little noise of of the book going on in the background, and um, we sometimes got some really interesting things, things that seemed to come right from the voices that were speaking the book, speaking the story in the on the tape, but also sometimes voices that floated above that. Um, and this is one that seemed to be using those baritone sort of frequencies. Um, that were in the uh, the book on tape. Okay. So, so I think um, Tom, um, in particular, asked a specific question, and he kind of got a little uh, chastised for it. <laughs> Let's hear sample number four. Can we have your name? And what do you? What does that say to you in the sample? To me, um, it's certainly hard to hear in the recording since it's such a bass frequency. But he asks, um, "What is her name?" And he gets back, "But her name is not much of a question." It's kind of like, "Don't be wasting my time. <laughs> we've got this. Is really hard to do. Let's get to it." <laughs> so, so we both had a real chuckle about that one. Well, and it and. And and you've said and you've given me notes and things about these samples and you've said that when you've got that background noise in the background, when you've got the background noise going as you are then asking for input, it does make it ripe for you to kind of maybe imagine things, hear those patterns that that aren't quite sure. there. But I don't know. That one feels kind of clear to me. Yeah, yeah. It just uh, and you, it's so different from the sound. You can hear the mumbly sound of the book being read. It's not, we don't have it at a loud frequency. And then this voice comes up out of that and then goes back down. So yeah, it was really interesting. I don't do uh, much foreign language background anymore. Um, There's other things I use now, um, but that was one way we used to use a lot of, and we don't use it so much anymore because it is easy to misinterpret. I wanted to ask, you said about the importance of of intention and about the kinds of people that you have around you. Um, Because these are so easy to catch on digital voice recorders or, um, as you said, analog devices, 
if someone is interested in exploring this, what should they know about safety and intention as they step into this? Um, if you're going in there to, and I'm looking at this more of a, a paranormal researcher perspective, but you're going in there looking to provoke or to find something scary, um, you might not want to open that door because in the early days, sometimes I would get some things that weren't so nice. And if I did, I just, we don't go there. Um, and I've seen people really, um, get things that they hear that are scary for them. And so that I think setting that intention, which creates that energy around us, I feel um, will help us to get more uplifting um, messages, but also attract those and get the attentions of those that want to um, talk to us in a way that's much more meaningful instead of lower level sort of things that just kind of want to come in there and, and mess with you. Do you feel like this kind of communication is um, going on all the time? And what we're hearing in these samples are what happens when we tune into it. Do you feel like there's a kind of a, uh, white noise isn't the right word, is there a kind of an ongoing chatter that we just can't hear? Um. I know um, we use a lot of different devices, and we have this one device we use where we literally can hear what we hear, our conversations going on between multiple voices. Um, and so that that idea gives me that, yes, something else is going on around us. I really think, and I can only say it for myself, I feel there are spirits around us all the time. And I, this is how Cam going to tell you a funny story. So for a while, I wanted to get out of EVP. I didn't want to really work with this. I don't know what my reasoning was back then, but I came home one night and something had taken my recorders and my microphones and spread them across the floor of my kitchen. Um, so there's an indication that somebody was kind of still wanted to talk and give me that indication that um, they wanted, you know, they wanted this to go on. So I think people, especially Spirit groups that want to do this communication are intent on having people do it. And it's important just from my perspective that um, psychic protection is so important. Energetic protection is so important. Uh, intention, you watch some of the ghost shows on TV and anytime something comes through, it's a, wow, look what happened. And it's, you know, it's entertainment, right? Yes. But that kind of that heightened reaction, you just, you're just putting fuel on the fire. Yes. And so kind of being scientific and being patient and being quiet and letting things unfold maybe is a safer way to proceed. Does that feel right? Um, I would think so. Like I said, once again, you, if you don't want to provoke and you don't, you really want to go in there with the attitude and the desire that you do want to do this communication coming from your higher self um, and being, having protection and being in that good mindset is really, really important. Good. Just like um, anything like if, oh, oh I'm going to get off on the topic here, <laughs> but um, um, I do think it's very important. Mm. 
Now, there's so much here that this is the first of two interviews with you, Cindy. And when we connect with you again next week, I want to be sure to ask you about some of your connections with um, with historical figures. I'd love for you to talk more about EVP as a kind of a, a bridge for communication between those of us on this side and those on the other side of that veil. So we'll do much more when we're together next week. Can you quickly remind the listeners about the website where they can find out about your group and the work that they do? Um, my group is called the Society for Anomalous Studies, and the website is sasghostresearch.com. Wonderful. Cindy, thank you very much for being on the program, and I'll catch up with you next week. Very good. Thank you. That is Cindy Heinen, a paranormal researcher and investigator. Her website is sasghostresearch.com, and I hope that you will join us on the next episode when we'll have more EVP samples and more with Cindy. And of course, you can always find me at my website, karenhager.com. That's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. You can also book a private session with me there if you are so inclined. And if you believe, as I do, that when we focus our intention on peace, things change. I invite you to check out openpeacefulheart.com. We provide a free 15-minute guided meditation on the first Sunday of every month designed to help you open up to peace in our hearts and peace in the world. That's at openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.